I'm Steve Dania and this is the My Pride Playlist Pridecast from Virgin Radio Pride. In each episode, we speak to a member of the LGBTQ plus community and go through tracks that have soundtracked their lives. Now, due to rights reasons, the music is shorter than the original broadcast, but it's still great. Enjoy. The Virgin Radio Pridecast, proudly supported by Disney Plus, celebrating all LGBTQIA plus identities. Steve Denny with you tonight on Virgin Radio Pride. Welcome to my Pride playlist. Tonight's guest, Australian singer-songwriter, podcaster, one half of the pop duo Savage Garden. Darren Hayes is here with me tonight. And Darren, you come up with a, a list of great stories, storming songs here. Did this take you a long time? It really did, actually, because Pride is such a complicated, uh, loaded, amazing, emotional word. It means a lot of things to different people. It's also hard to think like, ooh, do I be topical? Are people going to judge me? Am I going to look hip? You know what I mean? Like also how much of this describes my own journey. So, yeah, it took a while and a lot of thought went into this. And we're going to start with, well, new stuff, actually. Beyonce, uh, tell me why you wanted this. You know, I was so excited when Beyonce came back with house music. And I think this is so incredible because it's such a nod to the queer community, partly because I think we all know that house music really began with uh, with the black community. You know, yeah. I, think, I think of Chicago House. I think of this resurgence in um, voguing. And how as I'm a huge Madonna fan um, because, hello, I exist and I'm gay. <laughs> but we all know that Madonna really um, elevated voguing from, you know, those sort of uh, uh, obscure clubs and, um, you know, the lower east side of, of Manhattan, which was really happening in, in black clubs and in black gay communities. Yeah. And it never really made it to the mainstream. And so with Pose and all of those things, I love that that – Beyonce is kind of reclaiming this sound uh, and also just that message, you know, you will not break my soul. It's just in the United States, there are so many attacks on civil liberties that we take for granted. So I think it's just an incredible message for pride this year. It's Beyonce on Virgin Radio Pride, of course it is. It's my Pride playlist tonight. Steve Dania joined by pop legend Darren Hayes, who's here with me. Darren, you touched a moment ago about what's happening, what's going down in the States, and everything they've been through recently with the, the abortion rights and the gay rights. Are we are we taking backward steps? It's a really frightening time uh, to be a person of difference in the world, but especially in the United States. And, and as someone who lives there at the moment, it really is like watching The Handmaiden's Tale play out. Yeah. And I think what what I feel at the moment is if they're coming for women, I think that anyone on the LGB – let me start that again. If they're coming for women, I think anyone on the LGBTQI spectrum should be worried because women have always been our protectors. I think as a gay man – One of my first memories was that my girlfriends at the school, my sister, my mother, they were always the people that shepherded me through a world that was not always kind to a gay person. Mm. And um, in the United States at the moment, you know, a woman's right to choose has been decimated. And that has opened up the doors to everything from same-sex marriage to trans rights to um, trans rights within sports, uh, even questioning uh, interracial marriages. I mean, it is though we are in the 1950s again. And I was watching uh, a report on the BBC today about what pride means. And pride in this country, you know, we're about to celebrate, uh, you know, a, a huge milestone again. And I was looking at those original Stonewall sort of pioneers and how really uh, nothing can be taken for granted. And we're always having to be vigilant about the fact that just because we've achieved some sort of uh, status or equality doesn't mean that it can't be taken away from us. And, and the United States is living proof of that at the moment. Mm. 
Yes, absolutely. And, and lots of people thought it would get better after the Trump era, but it seems to be getting worse, doesn't it? I mean, from, from everything that I'm reading and my friends in the States, it seems to be a worrying time. It is. I think sometimes that's a reaction to, I know that after uh, Obama was uh, elected, there's always this sort of um, elastic kind of twang of, uh, of, of reaction, you know, one mm. step forward, two steps backwards. And I think after the rise of the right wing that we've seen in Europe, it started with, uh, well, Marie Le Pen. It started with, um, I don't want to get too political, no, but, no. you know, I'm obviously not someone that was for Brexit. So, but there has been this rise of, of right wing extremism that spread ultimately to the ultimate uh, uh, expression, which was Trumpism. And I think now that that's been quelled a little, there's there's remnants and a lot of anger that that maybe didn't um, fulfill its uh, evil prophecy. So I think uh, we'll be dealing with that for a while. But we do have to be aware that, you know, we don't live in a utopia and um, equality isn't something that's just given to us. We have to demand it. Absolutely. The rights are not are not given, are they? Uh, the next song is, and excuse my pronunciation, uh, I've got Nouveau Testamento, the, the, the Searcher. Yeah, that's pretty good. Is that Nuevo okay? I practiced. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's an Italian, um, and even, listen, I'm 50, so I don't even know if I know what the genre is here. I'm going to call it uh, hmm, Italia Disco, or maybe it's uh, Dark Wave or Synth Wave. But what I love about this is that if you look at the music video, it could have come out in 1983. All the drum machines are sort of these old uh, Lynn drums and stuff. But it's just kind of the coolest, hippest thing happening. Um, they're on a, um, a really cool indie label um, where everything sounds like uh, it could have been coming out of uh, London maybe in uh, you know 1983 yeah. and influencing bands. You know, bands that were making um, new romantic music at the time. Videos are great. Uh, it's just super queer and just super cool. And uh, I wish I was in this band. Very, very excited that Darren Hayes, formerly of Savage Garden, is joining me tonight on my Pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. It's Steve Danier here with you. Darren, if it's all right, can we go straight into your next pick? And this is Georgia and about work the dance floor. Why have you picked this? You know, I just find this so beautifully happy, sad. I think everyone coined that phrase with Robin, you know, when Robin released um, um, Dancing on My Own. Oh, goodness, yeah. Beautiful. You know, that beautiful Swedish melancholy. So um, melancholic, isn't it? Yeah. And there's this one line that that Georgia sings in this song. And I was just thinking about work the dance floor as this big vocal that comes in over the top of it. It's, It's just really, it reminds me of being out in a club when maybe you've broken up with someone and you think, the best way to get over them is just to kind of make out with someone else, but that never works. <laughs> no. And, um, but you're going to, you're going to try and uh, work it out on the dance floor. You're going to try and cry it out on the dance floor. And um, I don't know, the verses are really sad and they make you want to cry. And then the chorus is just defiant. The chorus is just like, you know, I was just thinking about work the dance floor. And it's just fun <laughs> yes. and cheeky and, um, just reminds me of a really great night out. And you were saying earlier, you know, you're 50 now. Is that right? Yeah. And, yeah. This, and you look great. You look wonderful. Any tips, you know, gratefully received here. Uh, but you, you, haven't been in, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been in London for a bit. I mean, do you go out? Do you still go out clubbing? Do you like to party? If you let your hair down, where could we find Darren Hayes? I'm much more now of a... Um, a quiet bar. So I really like a bar that will play great music or um, I'll host things at home. Um, you know, sadly for the entertainment and the hospitality industry, that was all decimated. And I feel, you know, terrible about that. So I do try to support the hospitality industry. And a lot of my friends actually are active and uh, um, aspiring musicians and actors that actually have 
side hustle gigs where they work in those industries. So I live in um, Santa Monica. So um, a lot of my friends work in restaurants and things. So I do go to their um, places of work mm-hmm. uh, slash worship uh, sometimes. But no, I've never really been a huge clubber. When I was living in San Francisco, I absolutely used to go out all the time before I met my husband and I loved dancing. Now my dancing tends to be how I keep in shape. So I dance a lot. Um, I do a lot of uh, dance for fitness and um, I pretend I'm Madonna. Uh, <laughs> which which, which, which era Madonna is in your head when you're pretending to be Madonna? Ciao Italia, the uh, 1987 oh, uh, that girl tour. Isn't yeah. that bonita? Exactly. Um, or uh, even the Virgin tour, you know, when Madonna was just, she was very, it was very aerobics influenced the way that she used to dance. I, I must admit, I'm the whitest white boy, so <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a lot of hips. I'm not great with a lot of amazing hip hop. I, 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 I look on with so much envy at, uh, you know, a lot of TikTok dancers because uh, it's all influenced by hip hop and, you know, anything Beyonce does is something Darren Hayes cannot achieve. <laughs> but but I I saw your you know the performance you did in Sydney recently you know for the, yes. the I mean yeah, that yeah. was incredible you say about you know you've de- you definitely you definitely had the moves uh, you know that that was an incredible performance you put in and you looked like you were having the time of your life as well yeah I mean I love dancing and I always have um, I was just never really allowed to when I was in Savage Garden it was um, I was very heavily controlled my image was very heavily controlled by the record company and. Um, I think uh, uh, what I've had fun doing in my new music and in the videos is, I mean, I Vogue in my in the video for Let's Try Being In Love, I Vogue. Mm. And it's absolutely ludicrous for a 50-year-old man to do that. And that's why I did it. Because, uh, I mean, I did that when I was a 13, 14-year-old kid. I did it at my school prom. I, you know, I used to do it on the dance floor. That's, that's what I did as a gay kid or you know well i mean i met my first boyfriend dancing to madonna the song chain to you by savage garden it has the lyric um we were standing all alone you were leaning in to speak to me dancing like a movie shaker and no, acting like a movie shaker dancing to madonna then you kissed me we were we were dancing to red light wow you know it's, wow it's a huge huge part of who i am It's Virgin Radio Pride, my Pride playlist tonight. Uh, Pop royalties here. Darren Hayes used to be in Savage Garden. I am so glad, Darren, that you mentioned Madonna a moment ago as a huge influence to you because she's done so much for us. Yeah, I was saying to someone the other day, um, a phrase that really sums up um, why she means so much to me is a line from Into the Groove when she says, uh, only when I'm dancing can I feel this free. At night, I lock the door when no one else can see. And I think as a, a closeted teenager, afraid of a world that might judge me, um, that, was, uh, that was my mantra, you know. I would secretly be myself in my bedroom. And um, now I get to do that, you know, at the Sydney Cricket Ground, yes. you know, in front of 40,000 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole <laughs> world, like people like me watching it on YouTube and enjoying every moment. <laughs> Listen, I, I knew we'd do this. Let's go into our next track. I'll play this track and then we'll come off the back of it. Uh, this is One uh, one Big Gay Disco. Just just give me a, a quick line on this. Oh, Louis LaRoche is my favourite uh, DJ at the moment and I did a song on his record recently and um, I just loved him. He, I think he's one of the most exciting um people in the world and he just views the world as uh, it'd be a happier place if it was just one big gay disco <laughs> This is an uprising against smug elites smug elites so they're the villains Disco. 
Steve Daniel with you tonight. Monday nights mean my Pride playlist here on Virgin Radio Pride. That's one big gay disco. I love it. I'm joined by Darren Hayes tonight, formerly of Savage Garden. I've read so much recently about your struggle, you know, your struggle to come out and and just having to keep your sexuality a secret for so, so long. I mean, it seems to me, after reading the interviews and watching them, you've really been through it. Yeah, I have. Um, I mean, it's a complicated situation, though, because my sexuality was very confusing for me. So I think it's not as simple as the fact that I was a gay person and I was hiding it. That's not the case. I was the last person to realize I was gay. Mm. So I I was in relationships with women and I was married to a woman and um, had never even held a, a man's hand and was famous and then all of a sudden started traveling the world and realized I'd lived in a very sheltered world, a sheltered life. So I had all of these uh, feelings and thoughts and natural attractions to men, but they were my hidden world and I'd never acted upon it. And so once my world exploded and my worldview changed and you know, I remember meeting meeting people like William Baker, who is um, uh, Kylie's long-term collaborator and yes. visual stylist. Yeah, he did so much. Right. And um, people like William just knew I was gay. You know, you could see that I was gay from space. And so it just became so obvious. And I it was a very painful process for me because once I found my tribe, um, I then had to dismantle my life in the public eye and I wasn't really crazy about leaving my old safe world behind and then once I did divorce and separate which was a painful process I was a famous person so I I couldn't really date I couldn't really be out there and try and find somebody and it was a world where we were still outing celebrities and um, that was a scary world for me. But also I felt very much um, controlled by a record label. And I've recently found out a lot of things in retrospect that are devastating to me that, I mean, there were some things that I did know, like when I went solo, there were very, uh, there were rumors that, um, you know, when I made my first video for Insatiable, it was reshot because the first video was apparently considered to be, it showed me looking too obviously gay. Right. And these are things that came to my attention after the fact, but it was so insidious to me that that was happening. But even before that, that, that first video for uh, I Want You, now I just thought it was a cool video and I'm, I'm, I'm in this uh, contraption, you know, like this sort of, I don't know, it was like a head brace or something. Yes, yeah. And I thought, well, apparently that was because they, even back then they thought that I was very feminine with the way that I moved and they wanted to find a creative way to make me stand still. Right. And it's just, today that seems impossible. Like we live in a world where artists like Ollie, you know, uh, years and years. Just Ollie Alexander, fully, yeah, of course. Yeah, he, he's just so fully formed and he arrives so beautifully perfect and authentic as he is and we celebrate him for who he is and yeah. we would never question that but back then um it was like i was like a marionette and i didn't even realize that and that's very sad to me you know it was very hard to be to it's very hard to love yourself when you feel like people are actively trying to apologize for who you are mm. Mm. and when you see Ollie Alexander now, who's just like, you know, he's, 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 he's uh, developed like a beautiful kind of flower, isn't he? Like almost kind of in the last year or two, especially after it's a sin blossomed and stuff. Does that, does that give you a, a sense of sadness to, to see someone who's managed to do it and yet you couldn't when you wanted to? No, he doesn't give me a sense of sadness. He gives me a sense of hope. Um, what gave me a sense of sadness was um, my own, uh, decision to walk away. So, you know, I spent 10 years walking away from the industry because I felt like um, I had boxed myself in in a lot of ways. And um, I remember going to see the movie Call Me By Your Name. Oh, amazing. Um, which, yeah, and I, I had such a, 
an emotional reaction to that film because I realized that I didn't have that uh, positive adolescence. I didn't have that moment where I felt like I was supported by a father or by uh, a world, really. And I felt like it would have been such a shame for me to have retired having never been on stage in front of all of you um, the way that I was at Mardi Gras or the way that I am in my new music and my mu music videos and my images um, fully blossomed the way that you described Ollie Alexander. Yeah. And so that was, that was my decision was that I, I didn't want to leave this, um, this job without having come back to you with this new found um, love for myself and confidence in myself. The next song is Agnes. Tell oh me my gosh. This. Man, I mean, Agnes's album uh, is just my gay anthem. This, I mean, <laughs> gosh, she's just... She is amazing, talk, isn't she? Yeah, and talk about fearless. Um, I just feel like, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because Agnes has her own um, sort of boundaries and um, expectations that she's broken out of because mm. I feel like Agnes is dealing with um, racial stereotypes as well. You know, um, I don't want to speak for her, but I imagine um, as, as a Swedish uh, woman, as a woman of color, but also as a woman of mixed race, I think she has a lot of labels put on her and um, she just breaks through all of them. And if you listen to the, her, her entire album, actually, it sort of defi it defies uh, gender, sexuality, race, uh, even musical genre. Um, and... Uh, I love this song because it's just such a, uh, it's very, it reminds me of the, the Beyonce song from the beginning of this track, you know, yes. it's very defiant. Uh, and, uh, you know, she just plays around also with image. She's not afraid, like Bjork, she's not afraid to look a little bit silly and to throw away the notion that women should always look uh, impeccable and live up to what uh, a patriarchy decides is the, is the only way a woman should look, mm -hmm. you know. I think she's wearing a, a wig on the front cover of the album, which is not designed to, to, to cater to uh, a, a male fantasy. It's just meant to be fashion, and um, I just love her. It's Virgin Radio Pride, Steve Daniel here doing my Pride playlist. Darren Hayes is with me tonight. And are you ready for this? We are going on, we are going on full-on diva mode now. Uh, Diana Ross, tell me more. You know, Diana Ross taught me how to sing. Uh, the reason I have a falsetto is that uh, a young kid doesn't understand technique or voice. Uh, a young kid just hears a voice and they think, oh, I'm going to hit that note. So I would hit that note when I was uh, pre-pubescent. And then once I went through puberty, I worked out how to transition into a falsetto without realizing it. So now I have this range that can sort of flip into a falsetto and sing up there. Uh, I actually ended up doing a cover version of this with Wayne G, uh, um, uh, a British uh, Yes, DJ. I know Wayne. Yeah, he's a great yeah. guy. A remix of some fantastic songs. Yes, yeah, because it's one of my favourite disco songs. Well, um, I just think it's just uh, next to Donna Summer's I Feel Love, I think this is one of the sexiest uh, dance floor tunes of all time. And I love how it just, it's a real journey. And uh, uh, man, it's just, it's so sexy. <laughs>
Diana Ross playing on Virgin Radio Pride, a absolute classic on my Pride playlist. My guest tonight is Darren Hayes, formerly of Savage Garden. I can see your next pick is Patrick Cowley. And you were telling me a moment ago about how the movie Call Me By Your Name influenced you. Tell me more. So when I was uh, getting back into the studio, part of one of my... um uh, interest was uh, it started watching the movie Call Me By Your Name and everything in that film was set you know somewhere in the mid 80s and I had this idea that I wanted to make an album that was reimagining my life if I'd had a parallel universe where maybe I had grown up with a positive teenagehood and um, I wanted to make this kind of fuzzy peach colored almost the way people talk about rose tinted glasses well i wanted peach tinted glasses to look back upon my my uh my teenage years and my adolescence with fondness and um i was looking at the pioneers of uh electronic music gay music queer music and, and the people that really had led the way for my idols like george michael um and I realized uh, Patrick Cowley was really a pioneer of, of queer music and, you know, things that I loved like Sylvester or songs like You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. Yes. It, it was it was Patrick. And so I looked into a lot of Patrick's music and became obsessed with songs like Megatron Man and Menergy and whatever. But um, all of his drum programming was fascinating to me. And so I looked up those drum machines and, you know, got a lot of those samples and um, that influenced uh, a lot of what you'll eventually hear on my up, my forthcoming record, but um, this just I'm obsessed with this. I love all these Tom fills, and um, it's just it still sounds really you know when an artist like Dua Lipa talks about um, future nostalgia. To me, um, this is my version of like future nostalgia. And when you were saying about you know recently putting your new album together and your new music, um, was it quite an emotional experience for you? Because you can, I mean, it seems that you can now do what you want. You know, all that time you had to fit into other people's plans. It sounds like you're firing on your own cylinders now. Is that right? Yeah, liberating. That's the word that That's keeps word. coming out with everything. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was emotional and it was liberating. And the whole time it was happening, it felt like I was making memories in real time. Uh, it was very, um, um, I remember feeling like it was a very sacred experience too, you know, that I, everything I did, I kept thinking, I need to remember this because this is a very special time in my life. Uh, it started off where I went away and I rented uh, a house in the north of California and it was just me because I did everything. On the back of the record, it says produced, arranged, composed and performed by me incredible and yeah and that took me 25 years in order to be able to to learn and have the skills to do that but it was incredibly intimate and um challenging and frightening at times because i didn't have a collaborator but so liberating and fun and i got to just throw away all expectations i'm at that point in my life where i didn't have to put an, an album out i wanted to and um I got to just go off and throw all commercial considerations aside. Don't get me wrong, it's pop music. You know, I, yeah. could, I couldn't make a, a Bjork record if I tried. I'm not that interesting. But um, it's definitely, you know, there are no four-minute pop songs on the record. They, they, they're long. They're, everything sounds like an extended mix. And that's so fun. Patrick Cowley, I love that. These tunes are so up for it tonight. My Pride playlist is chosen by Darren Hayes on Virgin Radio Pride. Darren, I think it'd be a really good time to ask you, just to reflect on what you were telling me before about Savage Garden and how that all went. Did you Have you managed to make peace with that era? Yeah, that's a great question. I did. Um, I'll I tell you what helped me make peace with it. I mean, I've always performed the songs, always, because um, the short version of that is that I, you know, I didn't leave the band 
Daniel left the band. And so 25 years ago, that was a shock to me because when you suddenly realize you're in one of the biggest bands in the world and then it ends and you have no plan for a solo career, you quickly have to come up with one. Hmm. And so my, my first solo record was, I'm proud of it now, but at the time it just seemed very rushed. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I hadn't ever thought about who Darren Hayes was. I would have, believe me, I would have chosen a different name. I sound like a plumber. <laughs> no. I, you know, I would have, but I would have, I would have had a, a more interesting stage name, you know, like I just, it, I, it had never been the plan to be a solo artist mm. at all for me. But um, I, I understood that the songs belonged to the audience and that, um, I would always sing the songs because Daniel had no plans to, to continue on. But the, the way that it ended was very bittersweet and that, that, that never sat well with me. But after a while, um, you know, forgiveness is something that we all know you just have to adopt because um, holding on to a grudge is essentially um, you're trying to change the outcome of something that happened in the past, which is impossible. So when you forgive, um, you can free yourself. So I did that. Mm. But what what made me make real peace with uh, the catalogue and the music was seeing Kate Bush in concert. Oh, wow. And I, I saw Kate, and I never expected her to play anything from the past. And three or four songs in, she played Hounds of Love, and I burst into tears. Mm. <laughs> and I just thought... It was very powerful, and I just, I was so grateful for that, and I just thought, um, like I expressed earlier, you know, I, I really had that epiphany that I am really just a caretaker of this music, and these songs don't belong to me, but they are my responsibility, and so many people love them. Who am I to deny their performance, the performance of these songs, if if I'm the voice that people associate them with. Mm. And I hope that doesn't sound egotistical because I don't mean it in that way, but I just mean like if anyone else sings them, it's going to sound like a cover version. So yes. I, I just realized that that's my privilege to sing these songs. So I feel privileged about it. And so that's that's how I feel about it. Did you ever have the problem that, that those songs, because you weren't – you know, greatly happy when those songs came out. They can, they, they could actually end up reminding you of times gone past that you, you, you would be quite happy to forget. Never, no. And this is what's so lovely about it is that the music was always and always will be completely sincere and autobiographical and entirely emotional to me. And the way that I looked back then. And everything that I did always came from me and from the heart. So all of the stuff that I was talking about, about, say, the management of how I was perceived and whatever, that was sort of happening in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm proud of the fact that in spite of all attempts to sort of tone me down, I still managed to burst through. I mean, look, if you saw me on top of the pops, I was head to toe, jump all goatee, I had blue nails, I had a Caesar haircut, <laughs> yes. I was wearing foundation, you know, <laughs> like I was I was pretty queer. And um, so I I managed to do things my way. And for that, I'm, I'm grateful for. So now I, I have nothing but really happy associations with the song. Well, let's stop briefly now for your next song. And it's a great one from Madonna. In fact, we'll play this and then you can tell me everything about Madonna because I know you love her. I know there's going to be loads of stories coming up. Madonna, Looking for Love, really great remix there, chosen by the legendary Darren Hayes, Pop Royalty, joining me tonight on my Pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. Was that a toughie? Was it a tough pick, singling out one Madonna song? I could have chosen anything by Madonna, but, you know, she just released this incredible retrospective of her favourite remixes 
uh, of number one club hits that she's had of her entire career. And she titled it Finally Enough Love, which I loved because, you know, it's like her whole career has been this um, quest for more. You know, um, if you've ever seen Madonna, you know that when you see her on stage or if you're in her presence, it's like being in front of a black hole of just, you know, you can't help but be sucked into this vortex of energy and yes. you want to willingly give yourself over to her. Mm -hmm. What she wants is everything and she'll take nothing less of it. And for her to make a statement like that, which is that finally I've got enough love. I love that. Um, this particular song uh, is a remix um, that she performed at the Brits, but she also performed on uh, her Rebel Heart tour. Yes. And it just slaps. It's just, uh, you know, it still shows to me that at, uh, well, she's 63 now, but she really has her finger on the pulse in terms of looking forward. Um, I myself am a very nostalgic person and people often want her to be, but she refuses to be. She's always looking forward. And um, it's just such a progressive um like searingly modern uh, song uh, in itself, but this remix, I uh, I still can't pronounce the DJ's name, so I refuse to. Uh, <laughs> but you can you can read it. I think it's often the song. Often the sin. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll research it and nail it. I promise you. <laughs> but um, I know exactly I, the version. I mean, if I may just ask, I'm really glad that you mentioned the the Brit the Brit Awards performance because. Did, mm. did you find, I mean, obviously we know what happened with the cloak and the fall and yeah. stuff. However, mm. don't you think that's just such, it's such a great example of Madonna being Madonna, the fact that she got up and with the lyrics to this song. I mean, what did you think that night? When, were you at the Brits? Did, where did you see that performance? I watched it live on television and I wasn't surprised that she just got up as though nothing happened. It was, um, I know enough about, her work ethic to know that somebody would have had their testicles removed afterwards. <laughs> yes. But yeah. she was and is the ultimate professional. And she just went, she wasn't embarrassed. I know that she would not have been embarrassed. She was just angry. And, but she just got up and just did it. And she danced her ass off. And she sang her ass off. And it was, um, that fury fueled the rest of the performance. And, mm. and I loved that. Uh, she just got on with the show, which is what we do. That's, that's one physical example of what it takes to be in show business is that no matter what happens, you just go, you get on with it. The show must go on. And she just did it. And I loved it. And, you know, the other great thing is when we look back at that, that Brittles, no one can tell you anything else that happened. You know, she, even though it, it couldn't have been nice, she owned it, didn't she? And she got all the headlines around the world. No one knows anything about any of the other winners or anything that happened that, that, that evening. It was the Madonna uh, appearance. It was Madonna's night, wasn't it? It was. And get this, right? You would think if you did a performance that had a cape in it, and a week beforehand, you fell over because someone, you know, tied it too tightly around your neck. Mm. You would maybe remove a cape from all future performances. But you know what she did? She kept that cape on for every single performance she afterwards did, she? for the entire Rebel world show. tour. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was a big As cheer, say, you know, when people went, when she got yeah. through at the Rebel Heart <laughs> Show. People were like, yes. <laughs> and just to say... I'm not changing my show. <laughs> well, two more songs to go on tonight's My Pride playlist, uh, picked by Darren Hayes. The next pick, well, what can I say about this sultry and steamy step forward Janet Jackson with Throb?
Monday nights means my Pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. I'm Steve Dania. I'm joined by pop royalty here, Darren Hayes. I love the fact you picked Throb because it isn't the most obvious track from Janet Jackson. Why that one? Yeah, Throb, Janet Jackson. Um, this is very sexual, you know, isn't it? Very sexual. It is. You know, Janet has two sides to her. You know, she's got the little sister of the Jacksons who is this quiet, shy little sister who's cute and um, wouldn't hurt a fly. And then she just has this sex kitten who, you know, her Brits managed to capture in uh, um, Love Will Never Do Without You, that video where suddenly Janet was wearing blue jeans and a Mm. crop T-shirt and it was like, whoa, who is this girl? But as the years went on, it was like, oh, she's quite kicky and I love that. And her real sort of um, outreach to the gay community really began and it continued. And Throb is such a sort of a filthy dance floor stomper. And um, I, again, I'm really fascinated by the fact that sort of house music really began um, in black culture. And I love it when, um, you know, black music pays homage to and rightfully steals back these influences and uh, uh, that was sort of um, appropriated really by, um, you know, pop music. And, and, and Janet really does this really well with Throb where she's just taken it and uh, reclaimed it and owned it. And it's just such a sexy, subliminal uh, bass uh, my, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I think this might be my first introduction to really understanding what uh, an 808 was. Um, and it's just, uh, it's one of those songs I put on uh, very unsexily when I have to do the house. <laughs> I love it. I'd love to see it. I'm sure you style it out completely. <laughs> have you ever seen oh Janet God. live, by the way? Have you ever seen a, a live many, performance? Many, many times. What do you think? Because we were just chatting about Madonna's performances, but Janet Jackson's another incredible performer, isn't she? Those dance routines. Yeah. Yeah. She, Janet leaves nothing on, on, on the stage. It's, uh, you know, it's just all, it's all there. She sweats it all out and, um, yeah, there's a lot. I, I, I there's a lot. She's a very complex woman. I think um, what she doesn't say, she 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 moves, um, which I think is is very fascinating. There's a lot. There's a lot that um, I feel like she can't say verbally that she can only say with her body, and and that's so fascinating to watch um, with Janet, um, and and I, I love that. It's as though she can't not move. And um, and and I and I love that about her. We've got one more um, one more song to play. I wanted to change tack just quickly um, because you know we're on Virgin Radio Pride, and this is a pop up station that's going on throughout the whole Pride season. So there's a fair chance that there will be people listening right now who haven't yet decided. Um, on how to deal with coming out, on, on how to deal with their sexuality. And obviously, you've been through such a, a big journey. We covered it some of it earlier, but have, what's the advice you would give to somebody who is currently struggling with their own journey? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. It's so important. Well, to take it one step at a time, the biggest advice I can tell, which might go against the grain of what some people might have heard, uh, or feel in a in a society now which is which is wonderfully in- inclusive in some ways, and like this program and like so many things that happen during Pride, you can feel that maybe there's a lot of pressure to come out. Um, and I would say, always remember that the timeline is entirely yours, and that there's no pressure to come out it's it can take as long as it takes because it's a very emotional and psychological process so it has to start with you and you know you check in with your emotions and your feelings and i think the biggest indication is if there's any um feelings of shame the shame is um 
it's it's um it's a made up concept okay shame is thing that is projected off by the outside is something that maybe uh, we inflict upon ourselves because we think we deserve to be punished for something mm. that we don't you know we are born perfect who you are is perfect just the way you are in fact if you're listening to this and you know that you're queer in any way shape or form i want you to know that you are perfect and in fact this world is it, it needs you we are designed to need every single one of us in all of our variances whether that's having different eye color or different skills or you know different body shapes or whatever like we exist as a as, as a society because each of us brings something beautifully unique so always remember that and take your cues in terms of how you feel and the first step is just choosing somebody that you love that you know you can trust and talking about it that's it talking to somebody that you trust that you feel that you can share this part of you in a joyous way. It's something that you should feel is, is something beautiful that you can share in a joyful way. Um, and the other thing I want to say is that we never really stop coming out. So it's not as though um, it's some um, gender reveal, you know, like we're having a baby and we go, woo, yeah, this is it. Yeah. You know, I still come out in that, I could be on a plane and sitting next to someone and they may ask me uh, what I do for a living. And then they may say, are you married? And at that point, I then have a decision and a fork in the road. How much of myself do I want to reveal to this mm -hmm. person? So these are all things that are yours and they belong to you. And what you choose to do with that information is about how much it empowers you and how much it gives you freedom. And that freedom is entirely related to how much it releases you from shame. Love this past hour. Tonight, my Pride playlist guest is Darren Hayes joining me on Virgin Radio Pride. Uh, that track is Muna, I Know a Place. That actually, that's quite an anthem, isn't it? I forgot about how good that is. It is an anthem, and the music video as well. If anyone ever gets a chance to watch the music video, it's powerful as, as, as the words in the song. And it's a, it's, it's a song about uh, the fact that, well, it relates to coming out actually. It's a, it's a song for anybody who ever feels alone and specifically that person who might be living in, say, uh, not in a major city. You know, maybe you, you don't live in um, you know, London or Brighton or, you know, somewhere where there's a big city centre or there is a, a bar or a big community. Maybe you're in a smaller country town or maybe you're in a household where you feel like you can't um, be who you are. But this is a song that basically says that, there's a place for you um, where there are people like you and it's about chosen family. And uh, specifically in the video, it's, it's eventually, a you know, where people escape a conversion camp actually in the video, but they all end up in a bar in a gay bar. Um, but that is a metaphor for me really for what I think about is my chosen family and how, as I grew up, I eventually found that whether that was my audience or my group of inclusive friends or my work colleagues or just the greater world that eventually celebrated me and loved me for who I was. And it's a, it's a song that really reminds you that even if you feel lonely and that you're uh, the only person going through what you're going through right now, there really is a world that not just tolerates you, that's the least you can expect. No, a world that celebrates you and, and treats you as though you are essential. You're so essential. And um, that place exists and it's real. 
Oh, that's superb. Thank you very much. We'll go, we'll go into that. I've got one final question for you there, and I need to ask you this because obviously it feels like you kind of kicked off the World Pride season with the Sydney uh, appearance this year. And what a bang, you know, what a start to the proceedings. But, you know, the world's pretty much been put on hold over the last couple of years as far as these Pride events go. And you are on Virgin Radio Pride with me. What does Pride mean to you now in 2022? Pride is power. Pride is um, uh, really a chance to remind us that together we can affect so much change. You know, I think it's very easy to be intimidated by a small minority of very angry, um, ignorant, bigoted voices. But there are there are so many of us and um, we're reminded, like we began in, in the beginning of our conversation, that, you know, civil liberties are always under threat. And there's a history that comes with pride so many people came before us and before me to give uh, us this opportunity to be free. You know, it used to be illegal. It used to be criminal to, to just be who we are today. And mm. we have so many people to thank for that. So there's, a, there's history. There's so much history involved in Pride. So as well as um, this visibility and this normalization, you know, I love that my nieces and nephews and, and young people around the world get to see us um, as uh, just a, a, a normal um, part of the community being acknowledged and celebrated. It's also an opportunity for all of us to, to look around and just see how many of us we can lean on and count upon and how many of us have the power to vote. Just always remember that, that each one of us has a vote. We have a say. We live, thankfully, in this country at least, um, with uh, the power to change the rules. And um, so as brightly coloured and, and beautifully dressed as we are and we're celebrating, we're having fun, just look around and do a head count and remember that we have, <laughs> we also have a vote and we can affect change and let's always exercise that right to vote. And just before I let you go, let's focus on you and where we can see you over the next couple of months. Obviously, you're in a kind of a whirlwind visit now. Um, when does a new album come out? Well, officially, I can't tell you, but you can imagine it's in a couple, <laughs> of, it's in a couple of months. Okay. No, it's great. In a, in, a, in a couple of months. And um, actually, it's doing really well. I, I'm touring uh, the UK in uh, March and April next year. I start in Australia in uh, January, February. Um, tickets for my tour actually went on sale this week and they're doing really well. So if you want to come and see me, get in, get in there. Cause, Brilliant. um, it's, 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 I'm so excited. So you can find those details on my website or at geeksandtours.com. But, uh, I'm touring next year. So if you liked what I did at Pride, there'll be more of that. Um, just, it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully next year you can come in and visit us when we do Virgin Radio Pride. You'll be oh, a great I guest. Would... We'll give you a show. It'd that. be amazing. You'd be a, a superb, a superb adage to uh, Virgin Radio Pride. I've really enjoyed uh, spending the last hour with you. And thank you so much for getting so personal with me and picking all these great sure. songs. And I love the fact that you love Madonna and you're the only person I know who's <laughs> met Madonna and it's gone really well. <laughs> so thank goodness for that. Uh, Darren Hayes, love you lots. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you too. Thanks, thanks for your time. Take care. My Pride Playlist. Virgin Radio Pride. Thank you so much for listening in. That was the My Pride Playlist Pridecast. And make sure you subscribe to hear loads more good stuff from Virgin Radio Pride. The Virgin Radio Pridecast. Proudly supported by Disney+. Plus. Full of stories and love for all.